3: To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com Patrick. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite.
2: You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
3: Final hour on this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Nuggets beat the Lakers, 114-106. Lakers still up two games to one. And this is one of those games that Denver was the better team, up by as many as 20. The Lakers had a chance to draw even, even take the lead. LeBron missed a couple of shots there. So if I'm Denver, that might be the best shot that I can give the Lakers. And they did pick up the victory. But Jamal Murray and uh, Jokic playing great again. Jamal Murray has emerged here. Devin Booker emerged in the bubble, but his team didn't even make the playoffs with the Phoenix Suns. They played eight games. They won all eight, but they didn't make the postseason. If you start to look at those players that kind of made a name for themselves in the bubble, Jamal Murray certainly has. And Jokic, you know, should be not a household name, but in NBA households, he should be because... He's become the best center in the game. Uh, and you're seeing that. But I, I still feel like the Lakers have all the answers for Denver because you have big bodies there to compete with Jokic. Whereas, you know, the Rockets had small ball. And Jokic, you know, if you're going to play against Jokic, you have to have bigger guys in there. And why not use Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee and Anthony Davis? But Jamal Murray, uh, he has been the real deal. And there are comparisons, at least they're starting. Get ready for this. Jamal Murray, Steph Curry as the best shooters in the game. Here is uh, Mike Malone, the Nuggets head coach, reminding us that there are two other very good players in this series, aside from LeBron and
4: AD. Last year it was, we knew what we were getting from Nikola. What kind of game will Jamal have? Well, that's no longer the case. We have two superstars. We have two superstars in Nicola and Jamal and a lot of other really good, young, talented players behind them. So I think the difference from last year to this year, Rachel, is just that consistency and, and the confidence that we all have in Jamal.
3: Here's LeBron after the loss.
5: Denver came in and played exceptionally well. For you know, they, I mean, there's has a penalty in the third quarter with like nine and a half minutes to go, and uh, we had some some turnovers um, that, that led to uh, some easy buckets for them. We had 16 turnovers for 25 points, and we put them to the line 29 times. So uh, it's just not it's not going to be winning any ingredients for us um, if we continue to do that.
3: Yeah, how about rebound? They got dominated on the boards. Here's Laker head coach Frank Vogel.
2: The gap in rebounding is more about field goal attempts. I mean, they, uh, you know, they had five more offensive rebounds than us, but you know, we had ten more shots than them. So there's going to be more rebounds to get. You know, I thought Denver played with great energy throughout the game. Uh, we didn't match it early. We matched it late, but um, you know, they're a great basketball team. So credit them for the for the win.
3: Yeah, he's right with the energy level. The Lakers didn't match Denver's energy level in the first three quarters. The Lakers did come back, and make it interesting here. And now you have game four coming up. Celtics Heat game four, that'll be coming up tonight. The Bulls have hired Billy Donovan. And by all indications, he had his pick of some openings here, whether it was Indiana, Philadelphia. And he chose the Chicago Bulls. I don't know if he was offered New Orleans. Still feels like that's Mike D'Antoni's, but uh, Billy Donovan going to the Bulls. Notre Dame Wake Forest has been postponed, but they have built in weeks. The ACC was planning on this, that they had two bye weeks that they were going to build in when teams were unable to take the field. So from what I was told this morning, the ACC is not surprised that you have a school that's not able to play a game. That's Notre Dame. And they're going to wait until the following week. And uh, it'll be Notre Notre Dame and Wake. Yeah, Paul.
0: The big danger is when the Big Ten starts playing in about four weeks, they don't have this. They will not have. The games will be canceled, canceled when this happens.
3: Yeah, no uh, margin for error there. That they're playing six regular season games. And then that seventh week will be the Big Ten title game. But everybody plays that weekend as well. Pac-12, Still don't know if uh, maybe a failure to launch, but they're trying to do the same thing where they have six regular season games and then have that seventh week, which will be, you know, one division against the other division for the uh, Pac 12 title. Well, we're going to talk to David Carr, NFL network analyst and uh, former NFL quarterback. He'll join us coming up in a little bit here. More phone calls as well. If you uh, want to watch, you can on Peacock. You can download the app. You can also listen on our radio affiliates number 362 around the country. McLovin, poll question from the uh, first two hours. Okay. Are we changing it, was,
6: it up? We're going to change it up. It was, which game do you want to watch this weekend? It, Chiefs Ravens blew out the Seahawks and Cowboys and the Packers. Okay. Saints. Uh I just put up for fun to see what people would say. Who do you like tonight? The heat and the Celtics. Mm. It's actually went 68% heat tonight. I think maybe it was their leading to one. I I'm yeah. not sure exactly why.
3: I said this is a, a pivotal game 4. You. you don't find too many pivotal game 4s, but I but I do think that uh, if the Heat win tonight, then they're going to the NBA finals. But if Boston wins, you know, they may have found something here and you know to even the series, depending on how you do it as well. You know, I go back to the Lakers and the number I always look at is their field goal percentage from three-point range. And that's a great indicator of how successful that team is going to be. And if you look at their losses in the bubble, in the playoffs, they haven't shot well from three-point range.
6: Yeah, McClellan. Is Gordon Hayward a game-changer? Or I guess because he's not 100%. Is that not something we should count on?
3: Well, he had, you know, decent numbers. And and to have somebody in there who has experience, then, yeah, that's got to be a welcomed addition on that team. But, you know... This is a case of, can, can Jimmy Butler be a dominant force? And if he is, then Miami will win this game. But if not, you know, the way Boston to me individually is a better team. The sum of the parts, Miami has a better team, if that makes sense. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at show. Uh, let me see, Jesse in Oregon. Hey, Jess, what do you have for me?
7: Well, Dan, I was going to tell you that you are absolutely right. It was 1989 that the flop came to the NBA, and that is indeed when Vlade Divac entered the NBA. I can still to this day see him throwing up his arms like some wacky inflatable airman when the Blazers played against the Lakers in the playoffs. It's
4: He was the one. You're absolutely right.
3: All right. Well, thank you, Jesse. Yeah, we were wondering about the flop. And last night, Jamal Murray gave the impression that he was swinging an elbow that may have grazed a couple of whiskers on LeBron's chin. And then LeBron, you know, fell like he had just been shot. Uh, And then after the game, he was talking about he didn't want to see Jamal get a flagrant one or two. He didn't care. They wanted to, you know, he wanted to keep him in the game for he loves the competition. Deep down, LeBron knows. (laughs) I don't even know he said it with his straight face about that because... Jamal Jamal Murray just maybe grazed him, you know. The hair on his elbow and the hair on LeBron's chin may have collided, but that's about it. Yeah, Paul.
0: Do you think people get bothered by LeBron's flopping? Not because, because everyone does it. Everybody does it because of his physicality. Because he's not movable. He's the most physically fit guy probably in the entire league or top five, even at his age. He's not easily pushed over.
3: You hate to see it when it's cheap. But because there are legitimate times, you know, Shaq used to get beat up all the time. But Shaq couldn't exactly flop because like, he's 330 pounds. It's not like you can go, John Stockton just ran into him and he's going to flop. I mean, he, it, it'd be like an elephant in the circus falling on its trainer. Like You just go, no, you, you can't do that. But Shaq would take all this abuse. I mean, LeBron is, you know, come on. You can't fall down like that. It's it's not it's not good. He's not alone. There are a lot of marquee players who do that, including our Reggie Aloysius Miller Jr. III. Yes, Seaton.
7: You ever, like, hit your elbow or something, though, and the anticipation of the pain just makes you go, like, ah, <laughs> and then it doesn't actually hurt? Yeah, that's what sometimes I wonder if it's happening with flopping. It's mm-hmm. like he got hit in the – and he expected it to be bad, and then it <laughs> actually wasn't. Well, there's
3: a moment when the Celtics played the Lakers – And Kareem got a rebound and he turned with force and Bird made it seem like he got hit in the chin with Kareem's elbow and he didn't, but he was trying to sell it. Like, you know, Kareem has got his elbows out like this and Bird acts like he got hit in the uh, jaw. And they're like, no, Larry, you didn't get hit in the jaw. It's like they turn into like WWE (laughs) guys. Like,
7: (laughs) Like,
3: all right, dude. (laughs) I was always wondering, could you have a class? Where somebody taught you how to act in certain situations in your sport. So let's say you're wide receiver, or let's say you know you're you're going to take a charge, or you're going to go up for a shot and you get fouled. Because there's a lot of theatrics that goes on, but you have to sell it. You know Reggie always was great at selling it, and there's certain guys that are going to get away with it, and some aren't. But I'm wondering if you had some <laughs> acting you know, teacher who goes, all right, come on in. Today we're going to act like we got fouled on a runner in the lane. And then the the scream. Yeah. Ah!
0: Today's class is Offensive (laughs) Pass Interference. Our guest is Jalen Ramsey of the Rams. Jalen, could you show the class? Uh,
3: Have one of these legendary acting coaches. What is it? Lee Strasberg? Is that (laughs) who that was? You bring Lee Strasberg in to teach you how to. uh, Well, this is how Brando would have done it. You know, De Niro, when he was in this class, he was very good at offensive pass interference. Extremely good.
0: Motivation is to get a call from the ref (laughs) who's standing right beside
3: you. What is my motivation here? What is my motivation? Uh, To go to the conference finals here. Uh, Let's see. Tommy in North Carolina. Hi, Tommy. What do you have for me today?
2: Hey, Dave. Hey, Tom. Hey,
6: The first person I ever saw flop was George Carl
2: at North Carolina in the early 70s.
3: Hmm. Okay. Nobody,
2: nobody did it better or more often.
3: All right. I remember George there. I love those Carolina. They had the uh, socks, that really interesting socks uh, back then, high-top Converse. But I, I don't remember George flopping. We'll check the archives. We'll get some of our best people on that. McLovin, get on that.
6: Uh, He's one of those coaches you can't picture playing, but he was good? George Carlin? In college he was.
3: I got to see Jerry Sloan play. I saw Bob Weiss play. I saw Pat Riley play.
0: I heard Pat Riley was pretty good. ABA? ABA Pat Riley? No. Phil Jackson? He was a great
3: athlete. Phil Jackson, I got to see Phil play. Uh, Riles was a role player for the Lakers. And I'm trying to think some of the other guys who I got to see who were players or coaches now. Yeah, McLevin.
6: Billy Cunningham, not a coach now. He was really good, right?
3: I saw Billy in the ABA. Um, I didn't see him, I don't think, in the NBA. But a lot of these guys that, you know, it's just weird when you're seeing these guys. Like Bob Trumpy was this longtime broadcaster for NBC doing football. And I remember seeing Bob Trumpy play tight end for, uh, you know, Sam Weish. Uh, saw him play quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. I've been around a long time. Yeah, Paul.
0: Pat Summerall, a great football broadcaster. I don't think I knew at any point during his broadcasting career that he had kicked. He was a kicker in the NFL? Yeah, straight ahead kicker. I, he never trumpeted it. He never you know, mentioned it. And so after his career, I think it was when he passed away, Like he, he
3: played? Yeah. Played for a pretty long time. But I, I never saw him play. It, I think, you know, he's starting. I think I started seeing games in the late 60s with uh, NBA, NFL, and m- mid-60s in baseball. But, yeah, seeing a lot of these guys, and you go, yeah, I remember when you played.
6: Yeah, McLevin. I think that when you see them younger, they make more of an impact. Right? I remember Dr. J better than I remember the recent guys. So is, is that how our minds work? Yes,
3: because it's it's so imprinted. It's so important at the time. Like, now you have so many things. you got wife and kids and jobs, and, you know, you do love sports. But back then... That was all you had, you know, before girls, before cars, before alcohol, before fun. You know, you were just a kid who, you know, you'd listen to your team on the radio. You might get to see them on TV. You were collecting, you're reading magazines. Uh, You were collecting, you know, sports trading cards. It was just so important with your life. And that's why, you know, the bands you love, the players you love, Like, nobody budges you off of that. If you say, you know, greatest rock and roll band of all time, I say Led Zeppelin because they were back then. Like, there's certain things that are non-negotiable. You know, we say greatest catcher of all time. I go, Johnny Bench. Yeah, but what about... No, Johnny Bench. Like, it's non-negotiable. Because in my mind, that's who was the best that I saw. Best National League team of all time. The Big Red Machine. Well, wait a minute. No, I said the Big Red Machine. Non-negotiable. But the... The imprint that it leaves on us. That's why what Jordan did, nobody will budge off of that. And I understand it. Like, you're not going to budge. Jordan is and will always be. And LeBron can't encroach upon that territory. You're not going to allow it. But, you know, LeBron has a chance. Let's say he wins this year. That's four. And let's say you re-sign Anthony Davis. Let's say you add to that roster. I mean, we could look at LeBron, yes, in the latter part of his career, maybe ending up with six titles. I know I'm way ahead of myself with this title this year, but just if you start to think about it, he still plays great. Anthony Davis has, I think, taken a little bit more ownership in being or realizing that he should be the best player on the floor. I just saw this from uh, the Hall of Fame general manager, Gil Brandt, He was ranking his all-time running backs. Jim Brown, Walter Payton, O.J. Simpson, Gale Sayers, in that order. Gale Sayers passing away at the age of 77. Keep in mind, Gale only played seven years because of the knee injury. Got injured uh, in his sixth season and then came back, I think, for one more year after that. But it took a year, I think, for him to be able to come back and was never the same. Um, Out of that group, Man, no, you can't go wrong. I mean, they were all great. OJ wasn't a great running back in the NFL. He had the unbelievable 2,000-yard season. But in college, boy, was he spectacular. Uh, Walter, Walter was the working man's running back. It, it felt like if you were rooting for somebody when they ran, you rooted for Walter because it just felt like he was always surrounded by five guys. Uh, Jim Brown was just bigger and faster than everybody else. But Gale Sayers, out of all of those running backs, Gale Sayers was the one who would mesmerize you. And the fact that he did so much damage on the field at Wrigley, and he was able to do that, given the Chicago weather at Wrigley on a baseball field, and it always seemed like he was the one who wasn't affected by the field. Everybody else was. Yeah, McClellan.
6: Mr. Cowboy Gilbrant leaving yeah. Emmett Smith off, uh, leaving Tony Dorsett off, and Barry Sanders off. Yeah, Bear, yeah. Barry Sanders, I think you could make a good argument, belongs on that list.
3: Well, I don't know. Why I don't, look, Gilbrant forgot more football than I know. But would I put Barry Sanders on there? Yeah, I would. But you go back to 1965. So I am nine years old. And I remember the Bears playing the 49ers. At Wrigley. And it's probably the greatest football game a running back has ever had. Because he had six touchdowns. And he did it in a variety of ways. He scored um, first quarter, caught a pass, 80 yards. Then he scored on runs of 21, 750, and one yards. And then his sixth came on an 85-yard punt return. It's, it's the greatest game a running back has ever had.
0: I just watched the YouTube video. You could see every single play in the game or every touchdown. It's a sloppy, messy, gray yes. day. It looks like Gail Sayers is playing on a perfectly normal field and everyone else is running around, fumbling around in the mud. He's the only one who's making cuts and looks like he knows what he's doing.
3: It's like everybody else was, on, you know, playing with ice skates on or something. And then he was playing, you know, on just a normal field. He rushed for over a hundred yards, four touchdowns. He had nine carries. Nine carries, 113 yards. He had two catches for 80 at nine yards. He had 134 yards on five punt returns and a touchdown. It's it's the greatest single season game in NFL history. And maybe the greatest game ever by anybody in the history of the sport. When you think about the conditions and the fact that he beat you with a pass reception, he ran and also a punt return. When you hear the word glide, I know Clyde the Glide Fra- you know, Frazier, uh, Clyde the Glide Drexler, Gale Sayers, he, he, he was the one who was the epitome of gliding. When you would glide on a football field, there was just something about what he did and how he did it. Uh, but he has uh, passed away at the age of 77. We'll come back after this. We'll talk to David Carr, the brother of Derek Carr, NFL Network analyst. We're back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. I'm going to save you money. How about $400 on your cellular service? Do you have Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile? Because the average person is saving $400 a year by just switching to Pure Talk USA. And the cool part is, you don't have to sacrifice coverage. You don't have to sacrifice speed in order to save 50% on your wireless bill. Because Pure Talk is on the exact same towers and network as one of those carriers, covering 99% of Americans. So what are you waiting for? Pure Talk's customer service is based right here in the good old U.S. of A. Keep your phone, keep your number. Now, if you do want to choose from a phone, you can get the latest iPhones and Androids. So listen to this right now. Get unlimited talk, text, two gigs of data, all for just $20 a month. Grab your mobile phone. You dial pound 250, say Dan Patrick. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month, dial pound 250, and then say Dan Patrick. Pure Talk USA Simply Smarter Wireless you have the option to receive a one-time auto-dialed text from Pure Talk USA. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching
5: FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off.
1: and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
3: This award-nominated program brought to you by Mercedes-AMG. Be prepared for whatever comes your way, the all-new GT four-door coupe, because life's a race. Visit your local dealership for a test drive today. If you missed any of our interviews this week or any week from the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave, go to danpatrick.com. Watch and listen from inside the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave, Mercedes-AMG driving performance. We did reach out to the NBA. We were curious about coaches don't wear a mask during the game. Active players don't have to wear a mask during the game when they're seated on the bench. But during the games, according to the NBA, active players and front row coaches do not have to wear masks. mask. Inactive players and other coaches are required to. So we appreciate the NBA reaching out. He's David Carr, former NFL quarterback, NFL Network analyst. And uh, you can watch David. Thursday night, football continues. Tomorrow night, Dolphins Jags exclusively on NFL Network. Good morning. How are you? Good
2: morning, Dan. How are you?
3: I'm doing okay. When you watch your brother play on Monday night, can you watch and relax and enjoy a game where your brother is playing?
2: No, absolutely not. I I was sweating two hours after that football (laughs) game because I have literally no control over what happens. I mean, the last time he took advice from me was like when he was 14. So, like, I have no say in anything that happens on the field.
3: But what would you tell him? Like even though he may yeah, not at this listen, point, nothing,
2: nothing. Yeah. At the, yeah. At this point, nothing. I mean, honestly, like when you, when you watch him play, he has such a, such a command at the line of scrimmage, like him and John did such a good job the other night. The saints did a good job early of giving us some different looks and kind of changing it up. Cause they know that he's going to audible pretty much every play. So, But once they got in the groove, it it was it was it was just amazing to watch because like on third down, like you can say what you want about their offense, about how, you know, it's it's maybe short or intermediate. They get the ball out of their hand fast. A lot of completions, you know, the yards per attempt has always been a common theme. But since 2016, Tom Brady did this. No one has had a higher quarterback rating on third down. And then again this year in the first two games, Derek's quarterback rating on third down is 141.4. So that's like the level playing field. We need seven yards. They're the best in the league at getting that first down. So I just watch and kind of say, man, I wish I had that kind of command. I wish I had a coach that believed in me like that. I mean, the offensive line played stellar. They lost Richie Incognito. They had Trent Brown on the sideline. I mean, I know they talked about Michael Thomas not being there, but, man, they were depleted, and they still ran the ball when they wanted to, played physical on defense. It's just fun to watch, man. I watch as a fan now.
3: But why is it it feels like the Raiders haven't been all in with your brother in recent years?
2: You know that's just a – It's media. It's out there. And that's what's so frustrating with him. Like he gets in training camp and he just goes on this rant when he goes and gets a chance to talk (laughs) to the media. And he says, I'm tired of being disrespected because he feels one thing from the inside. So when Mike Mayock and and I or when when he's talking to Mike and when he's talking to John, it's like all in. We're going to fix this thing. We're going to do it right. You're our quarterback. Everything from the inside is they're completely sold on him. And then on the outside, he hears, oh, well, maybe they'll go pick up a quarterback. Maybe they'll do this in the first round. They've had like seven different chances to draft a quarterback in the first round. They haven't done it. So and, you know, John, he loves quarterbacks. So he's going to go grab one if he feels like he needs one. So, I mean, for, for Derek, that's the frustrating part is what's what's happening on the inside and what's happening on the outside are two completely different things.
3: As an analyst, what would concern you if you're a Raider fan with this team?
2: Well, defensively is the thing that I've kind of had a concern for for a while. And You watched that first half of that last game. It looked like it was about to be a wrap. Michael Thomas is tweeting this is going to be a blowout. I mean, I'm I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, he's probably right. You know, so they, they finally turned it around, played some physical football. Jonathan Abram is is interesting because he's kind of a tone setter there. So you watch Taysom Hill. They go, they put him at quarterback. He runs his zone read and he gets his. Head knocked off by jonathan they don't run that anymore and it almost was like a little bit of an igniter for that defense to kind of say okay we're just going to play physical we're going to fly around we might make some mistakes we'll give up some plays but if we can lock it up in the red zone get an interception right before half you know, you just got to be opportunistic you don't have to be a top 10 defense if you got an offense like they're going to have you don't have to be great you just got to get the ball back steal it from drew right before the half go get some points and then just try and survive because at the end of the game i was i was sitting there thinking if we're not up 10 you know, inside two minutes, we don't have a chance. And fortunately enough, they were up two scores.
3: What do you make of the Drew Bree's tired arm controversy?
2: Well, it's it's a real thing because I mean it's it's just it's it's father time. You can't defeat that. As as strong and and as as well as Drew works in the offseason, you know, you can't combat that. The, the problem is, and here's what I see, is his brain is writing checks that his body can't cash. So like the interception that he threw right before the half. 10 years ago, he drops that ball right over the top of Moreau. And it's probably a first down. It's probably exactly where he wants to go. But, and I've been there, especially when I go out and throw now, you go to throw the ball your brain says, this is what I need to do. This is the kind of, you know, energy I need to provide here. And then it comes up 10 yards short and you're like, what happened? And that's, it's just part of the game. And he did that, you know, he did that consistently the first, the first week did that again against the Raiders. He did it a little bit last year too. We just kind of didn't really notice a little bit. You know, we talked about it a little bit, but it's just one of those things that he's going to have to just work through because it's not, it's not going to get better, you know, but he's, he's still sharp. He still knows where to go with the ball. He knows what play to get into. I mean, that stuff's not going to go away. If anything, it's going to get better, you know, with the more reps, but the, you know, it's kind of like that, you know, mentally and physically, Hmm. he's already missed that peak. He's on the way down. So it's it's going to be a tough thing to watch.
3: I love this on Monday night, Dan Orlovsky of the mothership, former uh, backup quarterback in the NFL. He tweets out if, uh, Derek Carr won't be aggressive on third and one play action pass with rugs on the field in man coverage. He's never going to be. And then David Carr tweets, relax, Dan.
2: (laughs) I just had to. And then my wife asked me, are you fighting with Dan Orlovsky?" I'm like, no, I'm not fighting with Dan Orlovsky." He just said some, dumb thing that I had to comment on because they ended up going off and scoring and doing whatever they wanted to. So look, so like that play in particular, like I don't, I don't have a chair. I don't have a headset on during the game. We can't tell people this, but it is, it's a third and one, you know, you got rugs. He's actually being doubled. If you watch the end zone, he's being doubled by the safety in the corner and Witten is being guarded by a linebacker. Now Witten because it's man coverage off the play action. The linebacker steps up for the run, misses the fact that Witten releases. So the safety, being a smart player, says, well, someone's wide open. So he leaves the middle of the field, looks like Henry Ruggs is wide open for a touchdown. Derek's already let the ball go for the first down. So it's just one of those things that happens, bang, bang, but the camera catches it at a certain time. They're trying to get Ruggs involved. I mean, he took two shots to him later, took a shot to him, ended up winning the game to Janoris down the sideline. If Jenkins doesn't grab him, he might have a big play there. So you know they're, they're going to work him in there, but he's a young guy. It takes a while for young receivers to kind of figure it out, but he's got plenty of ability. They'll get him going.
3: He's David Carr, the NFL Network analyst former NFL quarterback. Thursday night football on the NFL Network. It's Dolphins Jaguars. Am I the only person who ever pointed out that your brother looks like the lead singer, uh, you know, Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day?
2: You have you have pointed that out numerous times. I know, but am I the Actually, only guy who
3: ever did that? Does Billy Joe Armstrong
2: well, think that your brother looks a, like him? It, it's the eyeliner, dude. You know, it's just that's it's the natural eyeliner. That wait, wait, I, who's wearing eyeliner? Are they both wearing eyeliner? No. Well, I, definitely Billy is, and I mean, I'd love to say, like, as an older brother, I would absolutely love to say yes, Derek's wearing eyeliner, but I can't. I can't do that. I mean, I, just, I can't do that. That's not what he's doing, man. Uh, he's a football player. That's one of those where he
3: came on, and I said, "Does anybody ever tell you, you look like the guy from Green Day?" He goes, "No." And then all of a sudden, yeah, what do you do with the Chargers? If you have, you, you saw this little, I mean, unbelievable performance yeah. by Justin Herbert, but then yeah. Anthony Lynn says, no, he's a backup and Tyrod Taylor's our quarterback. Tyrod Taylor's got a lot to live up to this next game compared to
2: oh, what goodness. Justin Herbert did. So no doubt do you, about it. And, well, that, I mean, you don't, don't ask me because I'm playing the rookie. I mean, I'm playing that young kid because that was outstanding. The, the throw he made to Keenan Allen on third and 14 down the middle of the field, as he's getting hit from the right side, right tackle, misses block. Yeah. Or it kind of just doesn't get enough of him. That was the best throw we saw Sunday. I mean, it was, but hands down, you know, and so that's what he's done a lot at Oregon, throwing those vertical seam type routes. He made some bad plays like on that actual drive. He takes a sack, ends up being second and 24. Shouldn't have taken the sack, dump it out. Okay. So he messed up. The next two plays, he rips it to the tight end, picks up 10 yards, rips it to Keenan, picks up another 14. They end up getting a field goal, sends him into overtime later because of those three points that he got. So, I mean, he went toe to toe with the world champs and, and he played pretty well. So I think that honestly, I think what happened was, you know, because of whatever happened with Tyrod before the game. And maybe, you know, the reason he couldn't go is because of maybe some medical things that was going on. I mean, I think they could just feel bad, you know, because, OK, we might have messed up here. We can't just take Tyrod's job because maybe we did something wrong. So I think there's a little bit of that, you know, Mm. honestly. And and that's kind of what they're working through. Because I think that if anybody watches that game, you know, you got a good enough defense. Justin gives you a real chance to go out there and make some kind of splash plays. He'll make some mistakes, but he'll learn from it. He had a smile on his face. I loved watching him. I thought he did a great job.
3: Well, it's the same thing with Tua. At what point do you let Tua play? Because Ryan Fitzpatrick is not your quarterback next year. Does he play tomorrow night?
2: I hope so. I mean, I think that Chan Gailey was brought in for this very reason to have Tua as a quarterback. I mean, this thing's been in the works now for multiple years. You know, you bring Chan Gailey in because he's kind of the RPO guy from like back in the day. He was doing it before anybody. You know, you make an offense that's quarterback friendly. Now granted Fitz can play. I mean, I, I, I love the beard. I mean, I, I came out, I watched this guy play. You know, we, we kind of grew up together, right? No, nothing against Fitz but it's, I think Tua can get into this system and he's not going to he's not going to hurt you. You know, he's going to, if anything, he might amplify what you got going on. So, and he's going to fit perfectly in this team that you have hand tailored for him. So the only thing that I can't answer that we probably can't answer sitting here is how ready is he mentally? Because we didn't see any preseason games. We didn't get a chance to see as he picked it up, does he understand, how's his hip feeling? Like all those little things that we probably don't know. You know, that's probably the only reason that's holding him back.
3: If I said you have one game to win, it's a playoff game. And you pick anybody in the NFL right now. Who would you pick?
2: At quarterback? Yeah. Besides my brother, because he's great on third down. We just mentioned it. Would you take your um,
3: brother over Russell Wilson? Patrick Mahomes?
2: So on, no, honestly. So, like... When I watched Russell Wilson play and I heard last week that he hadn't ever received an MVP vote. I (laughs) stood up out of my chair and walked out of the living room. I was like, I had no idea. And that's just kind of crazy to me. And I I don't know he's in Seattle. So not a lot of people get to see him. They have a great win week one. No one really even talks about it, but he's, he's as dynamic a quarterback as we've ever seen. He does everything, everything you want. If you want to throw it quick, if you want to throw it with pressure, you want him to move, you want him to run zone runs, you want him to throw the ball down the field. He's better than everybody at pretty much everything. And I, I I love his makeup. I love what he brings to the table. I think I think right now he's the best quarterback in the league. You know, it's easy to say after watching him the first couple weeks, but I've felt that for a long time. I have a, a top 15 that I do every week. Russell Wilson's never been out of the top five. He's always right there just because of what he brings to that football team. And now he's got some guys around him. DK, yeah. you know, you got Jamal on defense, so you'll get the ball back a little bit more. I think they got a real chance to do something.
3: Longest career run, you or your brother? Who has the longer one?
2: Oh, my goodness. Well, I know we roasted him for a while because he never he didn't have a rushing touchdown for like the first five years of his career. But <laughs> longest rushing. I don't know. I might have had like a 20-yarder or something, maybe a 25-yarder. He definitely – You had a he 36. Has one
3: you had a 36. Okay, 36. Year. Yeah.
2: He might have had one. I think he had one early, maybe his rookie year that was maybe 40. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, 41. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's frustrating. I know because I remember he broke – Kind of past the 30, and I was like, really? That's what you're, you're just going to take that from me.
3: But do you make fun I'm of him because he something. didn't
2: have a rushing touchdown for five years? Oh my goodness. Oh oh my goodness. I'm like, dude, you have the power to call <laughs> to audible to a quarterback sneak at any time. You've been on the one like 20 times. Just, and, just and, call and your own Brady, number.
3: Brady's always calling his number every on the one. every time.
2: Every time. And then when I played against Peyton, when I was back in Houston, every time Peyton is either going to call a pass play on the one yard line or a quarterback sneak. He's not giving it to the running back for <laughs> Edron James. He should have 50 more touchdowns than he had. But,
3: but But how angry do running backs get when quarterbacks get to the one yard line and they want to do a quarterback sneak?
2: They give you the pat on the head, but it's with a little bit more aggression, <laughs> you know? And you're like, yeah, I know. I did that to you. That's my bad, dude. <laughs> Plus those those one-yard
3: pass, you know, those touchdown passes, too. That... Hey, they still count. They I still know. count as touchdowns. You I go know. back
2: and look at Peyton when he threw 55 <laughs> touchdowns whatever it was. There were 35 of them were inside the three-yard line. so. <laughs>
3: Whatever. <laughs> hey, it's great to talk to you, David, as always. We really you appreciate do, your insights. Thank you. you got it. Thanks, that's uh, David Carr. Well, That's a good appearance there. NFL Network analyst, former NFL quarterback, and a great athlete quarterback in his own right. You know, that goes back to what I've said before of where you go. You know, when you go to a bad team, and he got sacked, I think, more than any quarterback in NFL history those first couple of years. He got sacked 76 times his rookie year. And that affects you. That never leaves you. You go to a bad team and, you know, you get shell-shocked. You do. And uh, it it certainly, that affected him. If he had gone to a better team, a more established team, he might have had a, a long and successful career. All right, we'll take a break. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow. We'll have that for you coming up next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live
5: on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that.
1: enter the kingdom in imax this friday and in theaters everywhere get tickets now you've probably put this off long enough it's time to replace your tires
3: tire rack has the tires that will elevate your game touring tires for commuting comfort how about performance tires for sporty handling all terrain if you're going on and off-road adventuring go to tire and get started you're not sure where to begin i suggest the easy to use tire decision guide Get a personalized tire recommendation, the right tires for how and what and where you drive. Choose from the full lineup of hand-cooked tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They bring the tires to your home or office and install them on site. Go to TireRack.com slash Dan and see their hand-cooked test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to keep an eye out for the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Dan. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Searching for a job can be a lonely process. Endless searching, phone calls that go nowhere, nobody's on the other end, applications that vanish. It's time to find a better way to find a job. Express Employment Professionals, the local jobs expert that you can trust. They never charge a fee when they help you with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com, find the office nearest to you. Each year, tens of thousands of job seekers find work with the help of Express Employment Professionals. And Express helps you find all kinds of jobs, manufacturing to logistics, customer service, accounting, and so many more. Getting an interview with Express can be as easy as a phone call. And with just one application, Express Employment Professionals will have you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Make your job search easier. Let the professionals help at Express Pros. Express Employment Professionals. It's your one connection for getting a job. Visit ExpressPros.com today and good luck. And last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow, this day in sports history. That's a great appearance by David Carr, former NFL quarterback for the NFL Network. He alluded to the fact that maybe the Chargers are the ones that did something to Tyrod Taylor prior to the game. Therefore, Justin Herbert got the start. Therefore, they can't let Justin Herbert start the next game because they have to have Tyrod Taylor get a chance to get his job back. Well, the Chargers team doctor accidentally punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung just before the kickoff Sunday trying to administer a pain-killing injection to the quarterback's cracked ribs, this according to Adam Schefter. So what David Carr was alluding to was true. The Chargers created this. Therefore, you had Justin Herbert getting the start, and now you can't let Justin Herbert continue to be your starting quarterback because your own doctor is the one that put him out of action. Yes, Pauline.
0: I like that Schefter put accidentally in there so no one would think <laughs> it was on purpose. He was a saboteur. <laughs> And was a big Justin Herbert, Oregon fan.
3: you imagine if Justin Herbert knows that Tyrod Taylor is getting, you know, a, a shot into his ribs and then he walks in and bangs into the door and the doctor's got the uh, needle there. and Oh, my bad. You punctured my lung. Oh, I better warm up here. Yes, Todd.
4: Does that doctor lose his gig? Are you one and done in that situation? Can you let this guy continue? The quarterback, was it wasn't some backup punter that he did that to.
3: But how do you tell Anthony Lynn, if you're the team doctor, like you go, um, Hey, Coach, uh, come here. Yeah, yeah, what's wrong? Um, you better get Justin Herbert warmed up because uh, Tyrod's not going to be able to play. Why? Why? What, what happened? Um, you know what? Maybe Tyrod can tell you. I'll see you at halftime, Coach, okay? All right. Tyrod comes in. He's still got the needle there in his, in his oh. lung. Yeah, they, they punctured my lung. Yes, McLeod.
6: To be fair, that Chargers doctor is a little overworked. <laughs> the way the Chargers, <laughs> Keenan Allen's going to be in there. I mean, the whole team is in there every week.
7: Uh, I like that we could just skip past the fact that he was trying to get a pain killing injection for his cracked ribs so he could go out and play. Yeah,
0: yeah, of course. <laughs> what? And that nobody knows that.
7: You know, he, like nobody cares. Like no, it's just like, oh wow, did you hear what happened to his lungs? Like he was going out to play football with cracked ribs. He was going to puncture his lungs anyway. It's crazy. Well, the doctor just did him a favor and did it before the game. Yeah, he already had crack ribs. You know, hey, I
3: I I figured I'd just puncture your lung before they did it. NFC West teams are combined seven and one. The only loss was by the Niners in a divisional game against Arizona in Week One. That's the best record by a division through the first two weeks since the AFC West was also seven and one back in two thousand two. 2002. Stat of the day, Thank stat you. of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. Alrighty, this day in sports history, Pauling.
0: Yeah, not too big. In 1845, the Knickerbocker Baseball Club of New York was formed. It was the first professional baseball team in America. 2001, Barry Bonds, a lot of Barry Bonds stats this time of year. He hit a 65th and 66th home run of the season to tie Sammy Sosa for the second most home runs in a season. And a uh, couple weeks later, he got up to 73. Well, Fritzy had some this day in sports history.
4: I did. Jose Canseco uh, became the first 40-40 back in 1988. And then Drew Brees was number nine on the scoreboard in 2018. Most pass completions, he passed Brett Favre two years ago on this date.
3: All right. Thank you Tony I remember thinking forty forty was crazy, yeah whoa. who was it who said it? If I knew it was a big deal, I would have done it a few times. <laughs> was it Mickey Mantle <laughs> like it, it might have been It was somebody who was like, i was this a big deal? Well, it couldn't have been Mickey Mantle because nobody had done it uh while Mickey was still alive. I don't think, but is the first forty forty.
0: Yeah, Mickey Mantle had a, you know, obviously a lot of 40 home run seasons. The best he ever did stealing bases was 21.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, back then you weren't trying to accumulate stats. We weren't stats crazy from the standpoint of players, you know. You know, back then you sacrificed yourself. You'd hit it to the right side of the infield so a guy could get over to third base. Now, you know, they don't want to do that. It's, hey, I want to swing, either a strikeout or a home run. But I, I just don't remember how important stats were. I know a stat that was really important to players, and that is not striking out, how times have changed. If you struck out 100 times, like you were an embarrassment. Shame. Yes. Yes. And, and the, the, the guy who started all of this, if you think about it, was Dave Kingman. Dave Kingman, I think, one year hit 48 home runs and struck out 150 times but he batted like 202 and he played for the Cubs. He wasn't on a good team, but Kong, as they called him, he, all he did is swing for the downs. I mean, he, that's all he did. And he might've been the first guy who started doing this. (laughs) He wasn't doing it. He didn't get the blessing of the Cubs to go, Hey, go out there and just swing and uh, bat 200, but he would hit home runs, but that would be all he would do. Uh, Steve in Florida on the program. Hi, Steve. What's on your mind today?
6: Dan, always a pleasure. Last week, I called you guys up and said Denver in six games, but I didn't give you a, the right wheel of punishment. If Denver doesn't win in six games, I'm going to mail Fritzi a money order so he could pay for lunch for you guys when you come down to Tampa in the Super Bowl. We'd prefer guys. We'd
3: prefer you, guys, you, we'd prefer you, you did a uh, like a pie to the face, though, Steve. Pie to the face. Yeah, you got somebody there who could film it like they could hit you in the face with a pie?
6: Oh, I, I got lots of people there. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'll take my pick.
3: All right, well, then do that, Steve, and then send the video to us. Uh, I'll, I'll take care of lunch when we get to Tampa.
4: Yeah, I, I often lose my wallet. I don't know where my credit debit cards are even.
3: Like, you don't even try. <laughs> you don't even try. Do you?
4: I once thought about bringing in like, some Dunkin' Munchkins, and I'm like, nah, look, you know, I, didn't, I didn't have my coupon with me. Like, you know what? They're fine. Nobody wants the sugar.
3: It's okay. I mean, it's, it's still right. time.
4: That's what that counted. It's like...
3: Just, no, no, it doesn't. That I had the thought about maybe... Yeah, but I don't know what your thought is. It's true. Yeah.
4: But I felt better about myself. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Anybody on the show tomorrow?
4: Um, we may hear from Kevin Harlan.
3: No, no. Does anybody on the show tomorrow? There's yeah. no
4: one
0: officially booked. Mean spirited. Poor Kevin Harlan now has to show up. Yeah. Yeah, you
3: just said Kevin Harlan uh, is expected to join. And us? the
0: Celtics by 17,
4: and Eric Spolster wants to talk about it. 326 left in the second quarter. So
3: now you're making fun this of Kevin is the NBA Harlan on TNT. You're making fun of Kevin Harlan Kevin. always getting excited. You're
4: watching exclusive coverage of the NBA Eastern Conference Finals on TNT. 37-28 Boston. They were down 11-3 earlier.
3: You got to be careful because you could hurt something there.
4: I did feel a little twitch.
3: <laughs>
7: yeah. Yes, yes. See. See. That's how the Sports Center bit was supposed to go. Yeah. Exactly like that. Yeah. And the he, Sports he, Center bit that bombed a little while, because Todd <laughs> just got into it. He just he just did it. That's exactly what it was.
4: Along with Reggie Miller, Chris Weber, Ali Laforce will be with us in a moment. This is Game Four of the Eastern, <laughs> Eastern Conference Finals. Who
2: wants to talk about it? <laughs> but
3: you're making fun of Kevin Harlan being I a little it's too enthusiasm. excited. I love
4: his enthusiasm. Sometimes when And it's like- seven three <laughs> on that foul shot. <laughs> you got a long way to go, Kevin. You might want to pace I know you've been doing this a long time. I guess you know what you're doing. 7-4, both foul shots made by Tatum.
3: Kevin Harlan won't be joining us on the program tomorrow. It's sprinkled with Marv Albert. It's a like, little bit. It's got a sprinkling yes. of marvelous.
4: Outstanding. Five minutes gone by, fourth quarter. What have you learned today, Todd? Chris Maddox, Marv does do that, four minutes gone by. Chris Maddox says the NBA is planning toward regional bubbles to start next season, maybe tipping off on Martin Luther King Day, January 18th. What did I learn, Todd? The last time David Carr was able to give his little brother Derek quarterback advice, Derek was just 14 years old. All right, slow down.
3: What we learned brought to you by... <laughs> the same time course. to wrap it up. You only Legal, got like
4: 15 seconds. LegalZoom.com. <laughs> we
3: need to get things done. LegalZoom. Uh, Outstanding. Have to leave your home. That's LegalZoom.com. Take us to break, Todd. Say we'll good.
4: be back tomorrow. Maybe I'll come on the show. Maybe I won't.
1: Outstanding.